You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 85 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and I'm joined today by co-host Mr. (coughs) Dakota Davis. Today's episode features uh, two candidates, both seeking office for uh, county council district number two, uh, which uh, before I moved was my county council district. Um, Now now you live in district four, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, District number four. So we're going to be learning about both Robin Reno Fleming and Chad Malakote. Uh, we're going to be asking them about their views for the county, uh, what they what they want to see happen in local government, and why they are running. So make sure you stick around for that. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's about anything we think is interesting. As always, we promise it's going to be a fun and an interesting episode. That's right. I think that's what it's supposed to say. Dakota changed the screen too fast, so I had to make it up as I went along. <laughs> it's, been, it's been exactly 25 hours since we've done a show. Yeah, so. we're, well, and we're also on episode 85. We shouldn't need to have the script pulled up every time, but, you know, we, we change it too often. We change it and you, then You change things around here constantly on me. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, Robin, I, Robin got to see me messing around with the cables going, nothing's right, nothing's the same, nothing's... Uh, yep. Uh, you know... Change the things I change are for the better, and sure Jer- they are. Jeremiah is like uh, Jeremiah is like one of the people in Henry County that just says no to every piece <laughs> of development, and, and every time I make things better, it's like this is horrible. I hate it. It was good enough. It was good enough. Why'd you mess with it? <laughs> All right. So before we get into the gotcha questions, we're going to be asking both of you guys. Uh, we're, we do have a sponsor for today's episode. It is Big Bounce Inflatables, which is on Main Street in Newcastle. And they are sponsoring us today. They are a family-run business. Big Bounce prides itself on their premium ice cream, friendly staff, and competitive prices. They offer a safe environment for kids to have a fun place for parties and gatherings. And they also offer birthday parties, uh, all kinds of rentals uh, if you want to rent things for your parties. And uh, it's always fun for all ages. Um, we, We always joke whenever we do the Big Bounce inflatables that... We've been pressuring Chase Payton into getting married, and uh, we went to Nashville for both mine and Jeremiah's bachelor parties, but since they're sponsoring it's what the show... We, it's what we do now. Yeah, we're just going to have to rent a bunch of inflatables we're, for Chase's bachelor party. I think party. what we need to do <laughs> is we, we're all going to need little bouquets or, or lapels or something, something from, from Wylands, and then we yes. get in the slick pickle, and we take it to Nashville, and then they have a little trailer behind it that has the big bounce inflatables, oh, so I that we, when we yes. rent an Airbnb, we have somewhere to play. That's a great. Yeah. That's the way I think this whole candidate series is going to wrap up. That's a, a great idea. It's an epic road trip down to Nashville <laughs> with all of the Chapman family businesses. We have to take off our, our flower lapels before we jump. Otherwise oh, yeah, one, it could be tragic. Yeah, one of the pins might fall out and puncture it, and then everything goes awry. Make sure you res- make your reservations at bigbouncefun.com, where you can call 765-325-JUMP. Uh, bigbouncefun.com to make your reservations and uh, rent all their good 
200 inflatables. Whenever you get done at BigBounceFun.com, then you can head over to Patreon.com slash BossHogOfLiberty, and that is our monthly subscription service where you get uh, all of our bonus content, uh, and you also get the pride of knowing that you support East Central Indiana's favorite podcast, and you also you know keep the lights and the heat on in here. And I turned the furnace up today so that we wouldn't be shivering like we were last night. <laughs> well, there were a lot of bodies in here last night. When we get through, uh, when we get through this candidate series, and, and my uh, you know my candidacy has has come to an end, and your transient lifestyle is, and remodeling <laughs> lifestyle has come to an end, I think the Patreon people are going to get a little bit more love. Yes, uh, they've they supported will. us as we've gone through the the transition here and moving into the new space and moving you and. Uh, and they've been now, very now, supportive as we've gone through it. It's oh, they've been, been, they've been awesome, yeah. But we, we know there are some a few more services that we normally provide. Show notes being in there on time and uh, extra bonus shows. And if it makes we're, anyone we're feel make the, better, we're make those happen. Chad didn't even get show notes on time. <laughs> he texted me about an hour before this and said, "Are there show notes for tonight?" And I thought, "Oh no, <laughs> I thought that I had sent them, but I never did." Oh, I'm, I've, I'm, I apologize, Chad. That, that said, for oh. the for the county council, they have all been the same. They literally are the county council show note episode. So, yep, they are. It, you know, the, this format tonight is going to be basically the same as it has been for the uh, for the Pat Cronk and Jeremiah Morrill episode and the uh, uh, Jesse Riddle Dakota Clark episode. It's very familiar, so. very familiar, but different right. people. So, who's with us, Dakota? What we got? Oh, we already know. We already introduced them. We we have on my right. We have Robin Reno Fleming. Uh, who is the Democrat and the incumbent that is also running for re-election for Henry County Council, District Number 2. And on my left, we have the challenger, uh, Republican, Chad Malicote. He wore his Republican red. He did. Yeah. And Robin wore her Democrat uh, burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good color. It works. It works. Yeah, Brent Spicer's in the chat wanting to know when the next TFT is coming on. All right, so yeah. Robin, we'll give you the floor and just kind of tell us about yourself, your time on the council, professionally, what you do, get you know, getting to know you for people that maybe are just now looking at the race and don't haven't decided, don't don't know much about you yet. Well, I am a um, I I grew up in Newcastle, graduated of Newcastle Chrysler High School. Uh, it's not Newcastle Chrysler anymore. <laughs> I was in the transition class between Chrysler the Chrysler uh, Chrysler High School and Newcastle Chrysler. So uh, that was a big ordeal back in the 1980s. And um, I'm an Indiana University East graduate of nursing, and I work at the uh, Henry Community Health in the Women and Children's Unit, taking care of women and their babies and your children if if your kids have to be readmitted or women's health. And I've been doing that for 34 years. Uh, I'm married. My husband's Michael. I have three kids that we uh, raised here in Newcastle. Uh, Seth Spencer and Sydney, who are all three teachers, and uh, Sydney is currently working at Eastwood Elementary. Very cool. So the uh, and then under hobbies, do you have it other than county council? Do you have any hobbies or just just counseling? <laughs> just counseling. <laughs> um, hobbies. I, I really enjoy spending time with my family. Right now, we've grown from a family of five to a family of eight. All three are married, so. We've uh, kind of embraced that new um, era of our lives. And are you, are you pestering the, them for grandkids? Well, now? absolutely. I, I, my mother-in-law is in the chat, and her, my father. <laughs> she hasn't been as bad, but my father-in-law has been. Well, you've only hits. been married a few months. Yeah, my, yeah. my daughter <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. And Chad's and Chad's daughter is already in line for babysitting for non-existent You're, kids. Right. <laughs> it's so. your father-in-law. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Kevin's Man. all about it. 
my mom and uh, I, my mother-in-law less so, but my mom is is crazy. <laughs> you gave her two it's puppies. Like, what else does she want? Yeah. She, when are we having grandkids? I'm trying to move still. <laughs> Chad, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Robin. I was going to say, um, traveling is probably one of my biggest hobbies. I enjoy um, seeing new places. And I was fortunate enough when I was growing up uh, that my dad felt like the greatest education he could give us was to travel all over the United States. Hmm. And I've been fortunate to be in every state in the United States. And do, uh, do you have a favorite? You're political, so if you don't say Indiana, you're, it's going to cost you. But do you have a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I have different favorites for different reasons. I love New York because I love New York City and the hustle and bustle of the city. I am in love with the mountains, so Colorado would be uh, right up there at the, the top of my list. But this summer I had the opportunity to go to uh, Seattle and then on up to uh, Alaska and to see the wilderness of Alaska was incredible. I've always wanted to go up to Alaska. It is absolutely worth every dime and minute you spend there. Yeah, I, that is one trip. And you I've want to spend it to outside yeah. the whole time. You're not doing fun things on a cruise. We were on a cruise, but we weren't doing fun things on the cruise ship. We were out on the deck looking. Ah, looking. That is my dream. I've always yeah. wanted to take an Alaskan cruise, like watching eagles in their natural habitat. Fishing, uh, watching whales playing and feeding, and just the seals. And, you know, you don't see that here. We just, you know, we, we are so removed from some of the greatest blessings that we have. But my dad felt we'll like that was less, one of the, we'll you know, the best things that I could be taught. Thing. And so we did that with our kids, too. And, you know, 9-11, my boys who were in seventh grade came walking out of school that day. And, Mom? That's the building we stood in, right? And we looked between our feet to see the ground. It's a real place. And I think the sad thing in our lives today is a lot of people have seen things only through the television set and uh, so much sensationalism with uh, movies and things like that, that those places aren't real to them. And I was really uh, happy that we had taken the time to go to, a D- uh, to New York and uh, see those things. And, you know, so my kids really have a grounded understanding of what happened. They have a connection to the, to the, yeah, to the site. And right. To, and the, the, I mean, they know. were in seventh grade, but it was impactful to them because they knew how busy that building was and, you know, how many people were there and how large the building was. Uh, so it was, you know, it was a real place and a real thing. It wasn't something in a movie. Something far away. Right. All right. So Chad. Well, I grew up here in Henry County. I've lived here my whole life. Uh, I did move away for a little bit to go to school in North Carolina and things. but That's where moved, the twang came from. Yeah, a little bit maybe. But moved back here, um, 97. So, um, But what I do for a living, I used to be, I've always been in sales. Been in sales for just my entire adult career. Um, used to work for other people. Uh, got laid off about 10 years ago and decided at that point I no longer wanted to put my future in somebody else's hands. So I started my own company, went to work. We started another business with a business partner of mine up in Delaware County and have grown it to be a very successful with some different ventures in there. We, we do sales, we do manufacturing, and recently we started doing real estate, which I guess is kind of now my hobby too, but 
Uh, it's a very consuming hobby. Let me put it that way. It's kept myself busy with it. Um, but I'm married to my wife, Melissa. We have an 11 year old daughter, Emma, who attends Riley. Um, we've been married. Melissa and I have been married for 16 years, which seems like a lifetime for you guys. I can still count in days. Yeah, you can still count the days. You can it, count in days, probably how many I'm counting in years. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not quite, but yeah, it's not far off. We're July, July 7th. Yeah. So, but as far as hobbies, I, I used to love to travel, but after you travel for work, it becomes less of a fun time. So I love to spend time at home, love to spend time with my family. We do a lot of the outdoor activities, the golfing, the fishing, and all that kind of things. My daughter loves to go fishing. So we enjoy doing those kind of things together as a family. So that's kind of my hobbies around here. Uh, Golf used to. I'm going to get back into it if the shoulder ever clears up. But <laughs> I'd and have the least... last time you were on here, you that was pre-shoulder yeah, surgery. Yeah, I, I had a whole new shoulder put in, and let me tell you, it's not an experience I would wish on my worst enemy. Hmm. I had never dreamed anything could hurt like that. But hey, I can raise my arm. I can raise my hand in there class now yeah, and ask a question. <laughs> <We're good. laughs> so it's great. Um, but so, uh, so what, I, what, tell us about what motivated you to run and, and you know, what, what, what's led you to declare your candidacy and want, want to join the council? Well, I'm anybody who knows me, I'm very fiscally conservative and I love numbers. That's why I'm very, that's why I think I've been so successful in business. Cause I'm a numbers guy. I like to work with numbers. That's why sales always suited me very well. And the position in the County that really takes care of all of that budget and all those numbers is the council. That's truly their only job is the numbers part of it. They are the proverbial checkbook to the council, to the county. Um, All the decisions are made on an executive level, contracts and all that go to the commissioners and other people. So that's why I thought this was a very good fit for me. I have concerns about our county. I've been very involved for years, um, both in working as a citizen appointee in a couple different areas of the county, um, especially noticed a lot of budgetary issues. And Jeremiah, I'm sure, can attest to this with the park board and understanding what the park board had, what challenges they had. The budget that the park board has today is virtually unchanged from the 90, early 90s. You know, and it's we're operating off the same budget and can promise you cost of goods has gone up dramatically since then and the employees and everything have too. So there's a lot of, a lot of problems that we've got to figure out. Um, so that's what motivated me. I'm, I think I can bring my business sense to the council and look at doing things differently. Uh, my biggest complaint with our current council and it's, it, the, the, a lot of them, for the, the majority of them, have been there for several years, well over a decade, many terms. And I think it be, it's very easy to become complacent in doing the same thing we've always done. When a business, you can't do that. I have to constantly change and grow with the market. And so that's where I think you have to bring a different sense to that and have to understand that you have to continue to grow your business, grow the county, and do new and innovative things to bring in additional revenue to save revenue and to make sure you're looking at all aspects of the budget and not just like this current council, their first job when they did the budget session was, well, let's just roll everything back to last year. I'm not sure that's the greatest thing to do since I don't think last year was a stellar year. 
So we'll, we'll get into the specifics here in a, here sure. in a few minutes. Um, Robin, tell us about the, your motivation for, for seeking another term and, and, and going forward again. Well, I feel like when I first ran for county council, um, I was raised in a, in a household that felt like you need to ha- there was responsibility to community. And that's what originally led me to the council. And I continue to have that same belief. And I, I feel like that on the council, uh, Chad's been to enough meetings that he could probably, he says fiscal conservative, he can probably label me with fiscal conservative as well. I'm usually the person who asks lots of questions. I'm usually the person who tends to be the one that says, but if we do that, where is that going to lead? I am frequently the only no vote or one of a few no votes. We always call Clay Morgan the proverbial no vote. Because he's got such a reputation, he does have a reputation, <laughs> um, and we won't we won't even talk about about the reputation. Clay's not in your race, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, I have been, I think, a strong voice. I am someone who wants to hear from my constituents. I am willing to listen and learn. I am willing to say I made a mistake if I made a mistake. And I have made mistakes over the years. Several years back, we had you know a situation with the county highway. And I said, whoa, 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 I think that's going to be a problem. And it became a problem and you know that we had to fix later. But sometimes I, I will comment that I feel like I'm the devil's advocate sometimes on the council saying whoa, put on the brakes, slow down. I tend to be the person who won't vote for something the first time I see it. Don't hand it to me today and say, vote for this, because if it's not something that is somewhat routine, I'm not going to vote for it. I need to know about it ahead of time. I need to be able to have time to double-check the figures, double-check the answers, and think through the process. Not, I don't like to make rash decisions at all. So that's what's led me to continue on the council and um, – you know, I enjoy doing it. I've learned a lot, and I'm willing to learn more. Uh, I think there's always, you know, if we're good adult learners, I think um, there's something that we can continue to learn. Because of my nursing skills, I have good critical thinking skills, and I think I use those frequently uh, on the council, uh, asking for, you know, opinions and ideas and trying to think outside the box and not always thinking inside the box. I despise the good old boy game. And uh, currently I'm the only female on the council. That may change. It may, it will change. It yes, will for yeah. sure change because oh, yeah, Su- yeah, pay, yeah. Susan so there, there is coming be, in for sure. May be, you may be joined by three. I could be joined by three. Uh, it's, it's a definite change and, and that's a good thing. I think uh, a wide uh Variety of represent, representation is important for our community. So, uh, as you've looked at this race and, and you've been campaigning since since the I guess the, the late winter, or early spring, uh, what's the most important issue you've been focusing on the campaign? What do people care about? What do you think is the most important issue? The budget's a huge issue, and uh, Chad's mentioned this several times. And with the council changing so many seats as, as is changing, it becomes a bigger issue. As uh, Indiana has 
grown in its um, ability to say that it has lots of uh, surplus waiting in the wings that has come on the backs of the counties where they have taken funding away and taking funding away. And uh, so the budget and, and finding um, innovative ways to meet budget and maintain a budget is a huge issue I think that's going on with the county right now and you know I would be um, misspoken not to mention the jail slash um, rehabilitation center as a huge huge um, project that is you know under consideration and and still in the early stages of development so I would say you know that the the jail isn't also a major um, component that's going to be facing the county in the next few years, and it's going to require some um, change of thought process, some relabeling, some new ideas, some commu- lots of community input and buy-in to um, create the facility that we need, not the not the facility we <laughs> might want. I don't think we need a 200 to 300-bed prison. I think we need something that's going to work more for helping to rehabilitate the the, uh, people that we have in there at at this time and figuring out what is our problem, what's caused our problem, and how can we prevent the problem from happening. So, Chad, uh, we'll go to you. And What do you think the most important issue is? Well, I've said all along is the budget. I mean, I, that's what I focused on because, again, that's the primary job of the council um, is to sit down and, and figure out the finances for the county. Um, Standard & Poor's came out in May, I believe, gave us an A-stable rating, which is a very good rating for a county our size with our income and our budget. The problem is, is they gave us a very stern warning that we are operating from a weak fiscal position. And because of that, we are very, they're very likely to lower our rating. In doing that, it hurts not only our future ability to build this comprehensive correctional facility and finance it in some way, whether refinancing the bonds or doing other options, it also hurts the current debt service that we have. We have over $2 million a year out of the $15 million budget that we spend on servicing the debt that we already have. And so we have to be very cautious and cognizant of that. You know, there's taxes have been passed. Uh, the wheel tax was passed, which on the surface was okay. Then the state changed the plan, changed it again, and then they decided they had to fund the grant program somewhere. So our wheel tax nearly went triple in a matter of a year and a half because of the road funding and the way they did things. The at the time, it was called local option income tax. It's not an option anymore. They took it's out not the an option. That's why I said it's, at the time. It's the, it's, not an, it's the lit. And at the time, and, and I commended uh, Robin at the time when she said we need to save it. But I got to tell you, as one of your constituents, I was extremely disappointed you weren't a no vote this year when they budgeted nearly every single dollar of that fund and didn't save but just a few thousand dollars that were actually already spent with the vote you guys took Wednesday with the Motorola towers, which are a phenomenal idea and one we've needed for quite some time. But you were actually a yes vote on that lit when 
that was totally different than what your initial stance was to save some of it. So I guess I wish you, as a constituent, I wish you would have voted that. I guess it would have been two no votes because Clay voted no on that as well. I believe he voted no. I think he voted no on that line item. But yeah, that's doing that is something that I think was a great plan at first. But we've taken that local income tax now that was supposed to be used for building up our safety departments, enhancements, and improvements. And at this point, it basically does nothing but pay the bills that existed prior to that tax ever being passed. So what would you say your number one thing is you want to fix? Well, I think we have to, like I said, we need to take a look at what we're doing. We need to go down line item by line item and actually look at the budget and understand it better. I was there in the budget sessions this year, and one of the department heads, and I haven't spoke to her, so I won't use her name, came in and gave a great rundown of her entire budget, made suggestions to the council, but they implemented almost none of them. And it was, and there are a multitude of times for those who have gone to the council meetings, there's a lot of transfers that go back and forth. There are line items that have to be paid that there's one of the department heads has a fee that he has to pay every year. And it's, it's underfunded by $6. He's asked multiple times to have that fee done, right? Instead, we're doing all this extra work, all this extra paperwork to transfer $6 to a new fund. It's things like that, that I think we could clean up and we could get a better understanding of every single aspect of our budget. And then we can tackle, how do we save money? Where do we shift from here to put there? How do we figure these things out? Because I don't think, I think Robin's right. The budget's very confusing. And it's very confusing to some that are sitting on the council still. And we need to understand, have a better grasp of every part of the budget and go from that aspect. We don't, we're not going to tear it up and throw it in the trash. We just need to understand it better and work within its constraints. So let's let's hear from Robin, and you can you can answer some of what Chad Chad talked about, but also back to the, the original question of what you know if, if you're looking at your agenda, what's your number one item to fix for for this next term? My w- number one item to fix would really be the me versus they. This election and this last two years in county government has been a lot of we and they. It needs to be us. Uh, there's been a couple of different um, problems, and uh, wind. Wind is a huge issue. Oh, it's, de- it's, it's divided, divided neighbor, neighbor against neighbor, right? Ex- exactly. It's divided neighbor against neighbor. And we need to remember why we live here and who those people are that live next to us and get past the we and they and get back to us and figure out what can we do together as a community better for us, not what's best for me or best for, for you. And I think there's been a lot of disillusionment from, you know, constituents in our County that don't trust anyone because they feel like they're on the, they side, not part of the we side. And I think that's a big problem that has occurred over the last couple of years that we need to fix drastically. Um, I will agree with Chad in regards to the budget is very complicated. There are lots of line items. And yes, we did start with 
saying, let's go back to 2017. We go back to 2017 to remind everybody this is where the budget was. We we do look at every line. We go through every page. We read down through every one. Some we add to, some we take away from. Uh, some we ask questions again because, well, you transferred out of here and you moved it to here. Why did you do that and try to track that to try to get the appropriate funds in the appropriate line? One thing that, you know, the uh, office holders can do or transfer funds within um, a line section. You know, so they can transfer lines within personnel or they can transfer lines within supplies. Department heads can. Department heads can. And when they do that, you know, we try to look at that during budget time and find out, well, why did you move that? You moved, you took that much money out of there. Obviously, you don't need that much money in that line item. Where did you spend it and why? And we try to tackle that down. Um, Chad's absolutely right. It's a $15 million budget. And it's a budget that works different than your budget or my budget at home. At my house, my paycheck comes in, my husband's paycheck comes in, it all goes in one pot, and it pays all the bills. County government doesn't work like that. It comes in from this place, and it can only 4D. Money comes into 4D. It can only be spent for 4D. Some Mm -hmm. funds come in. For the park that can only be spent at the park. Some funds come in with the general fund, but they can only be spent on certain things. Some things are user fees can only be spent on certain things. Uh, The recorder has user fees that we can use for things like supplies, but she can't pay any personnel out of that line. It's very complicated and there's lots of lines. And I'm really concerned um, with next year with the fact that we're going to have a brand new auditor and a brand new chief deputy because I'm going to do a shout-out. I think Cheryl Scales is an asset and a treasure for this uh, county. She's been very dedicated. She knows her job well, Mm -hmm. and she is retiring at the end of this year, and she is going to be greatly missed. She can pull information out of her head, and if she can't find it, I tell you right now, she can find it for you very quickly. And that's going to be, you know, a um, difficulty with next year's budget is we're not going to have that You're sense of knowledge. institutional knowledge. Department. Right. So, all right, we're going to ask you to be critical for just a half second and and say one thing that you think the council has gotten wrong lately. You know, it could be one specific thing or a theme. Uh, but we'll start with Robin, and then we'll go, to, we'll go to Chad. I thought about this because we've, we've had this uh, list here to know, and I thought about this, and probably one thing I think the council got wrong was we didn't vote for uh, safety Lowett soon enough. Uh, it was something that was given to us by the state when the state started pulling money. Safety Lowett and wheel tax were both things that the, the state gave to us as an opportunity. I voted against wheel tax three times before I voted for it. I voted against safety Lowett twice before I voted for it. And it may have been something that we probably sh- should have voted on, voted for sooner. Uh, I like to, you know, try to play the game of what I need, not what I want. And at the time, we were able to meet our needs. And uh, we've gotten to the point where, you know, property tax caps have caught up with us. And 
we finally voted for it, and I don't think, you know, I think we could have been better served maybe if we had voted for it a little bit sooner than we did. And I hate to say that maybe a tax was something we didn't do right in the first place. Hmm. What about you, Chad? What is one thing that they got wrong on the current council? I think, um, it, can I give a wrong and they're still doing it wrong? But that's my thoughts is that I think the council could be a lot more inclusive to include the community, to include, to be more transparent. Um, they have the meetings at a time when the majority of the population is at work. I've been attending council meetings for several years now. And wind has been a very divisive issue in our County. And I have to commend, there were many meetings I went to prior to the swell of wind that you could count on one hand how many people were sitting around me. But those folks have turned out in droves, and I, that, they're, it's an amazing turnout, and I think that's awesome that they've been able to take the time to do that. But I wish that the council could switch that, could be more inclusive, could look at doing And I know that Butch Baker told me the other day they were looking at doing the AV and going to have some, you know, some other options like the city of Newcastle has done. But I think that's long overdue. I mean, they've been having – how long have they had the council meetings at 3.30 on a Wednesday? Well, they or used to be at 2.30, and when they were at 2.30, I lobbied to get them later in the day. And at the time, bless her heart, Dortha White was on the council, and she had uh, cattle that needed milked between 5 and 5.30. And so for her to be able to take care of her duties at home, we remained at uh, 2.30. And then when uh, – shortly after – I guess Nate replaced Nate Dortha. Re- replaced Dortha. We moved mm-hmm. him to 3.30, which also helped uh, Dick Baslog out because he was a school teacher school and he teacher. was having to leave school early. My problem was I had children still in elementary that I was needing to pick up and get home <laughs> and and be be yeah, but, back but, at a meeting at 2.30. But Clay brings it up like every year. Yeah. We need to vote to move. And I, I think I've seen it twice. Uh, I think I think I've seen him make the motion twice and it not even get a second. Yeah, at least twice. I mean, I think it's been more than that because yeah, I'm it's just been saying, a comment for years twice. now that it's uh, fortunately with my job being a small business owner, I make my own schedule, so I was able to shift thing around if I wasn't traveling. Yeah, I get off work but, at three o'clock, so if I want to go to the council meeting, I'm like rushing, and I'm yeah. usually in work clothes, and I. I work outdoors and in mm-hmm. oil and things. And it's like, I, I you look like a maintenance man. <laughs> yeah. The third right. row. Oh. I have to say, I appreciate these guys and what have they brought to the table? Cause they've taken upon themselves out of their own pocket and they provided the, the citizens of this County an outlet, at least somewhat for several, especially the major meetings that otherwise a lot of people would not be able to well, see with here. The new, we, do it, we do it for the clicks. Don't, don't mm-hmm. reward oh, us completely. It? Yeah, we like, we like the clicks. <laughs> well, my biggest problem with changing them, like last year when Clay asked in January, the problem is it doesn't get said anything about until you show up at council meeting on that day. And because I have a full-time job, I take the day of council off. Mm-hmm. January, you know, January 28th, say, I already have my schedule made out through April and it's not real changeable. So to, but is that really fair to the citizens though? I mean, that, no, you but, took the job, but that's, that's my, that was, that's my so you, vote. Yeah. But if it's asked, you know, if, if the conversation, if the conversation started, started in November, 
and say, hey, can but we it's change? Been it's not for a several problem. Years now, so why? But it doesn't happen until yeah. it shows up in the council so we meeting. Need to, so someone needs to be bringing it up a lot sooner than whenever you well, then, whenever we vote on scheduling. As the, a citizen, right. and I was County. going. I my my thought had been that if I win, polling people and saying when do we want to have our meetings because that next meeting will be set. What December seventeenth? That meeting will be set for January by yeah. the current council. So the first meeting is going to need to be set, and you know there's going to be three new people for sure. And my thought was, let's poll these people and find out when they want to have the meetings. I don't have a problem with most nights. Um, I have a few things that because I'm on the council, I'm committed to, but. It's not a problem to change, as far as I'm concerned. Any way I look at it, I'm going to have to take the day off unless we start meetings at eight, eight o'clock at night. Uh, I'm going to have to take the day off. <laughs> All right. Eight o'clock at night, yeah. So, so let's, I let's, would be able to make it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, or you could do a weekend. There's, 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 there, there are a number of options that uh, that can be worked out once we there's once we know once we know who the seven are. Um, all right, so Chad, uh, we'll stay with you and go the inverse. That we did what's wrong. What do you yeah. think the council's getting right right now? I, um, you can be like Jesse Riddle and just say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's nothing. Um, I think the one they are in, I, like I say, I've been going for years now, and I th- can tell that. Exp- and again, I don't mean to use the the folks that have graciously show up every day every meeting for the wind but i can tell that they're starting to pay more attention to the constituents than what they used to and and by allow they're opening up for public comment which never happened years ago they're changing some of their mentality in those meetings to where i think they are being more cognizant of the constituents in the meetings and actually doing a better job of being involving the uh audience, if you will, or those, those attending the meetings much better than they used to. So I think I've that's heard that something from a few I've, people that I, I've noticed that has changed the overall dynamic of the council. And I, it's not just one person. I think the the entire council has realized that it's very important to do that. And I think they've done a good job of opening that up and doing a better job at listening to people and giving folks, that, whether they agree with them or not, giving them the opportunity to speak. And so I, I think they've done a good job at that. All right. What about you, Robin? What is one T- thing that Tell you- us about how you're doing your yeah. job right, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> this is your time to defend yourself. As far as me, personally. Or the whole council. It's- um, I will agree with Chad in regards to I think the council has done a better job of listening to constituents and hearing what they say. I believe that's one of the things that I am doing right, that I listen to people. I weigh all the information. If you send me an email about something, I've, I've read it, and I don't, you know, not pay attention. I, do, I listen. I ask questions. I um, try to get other input and follow up on things, uh, which, you know, I, I don't want to um, necessarily – you know, throw anybody out there, but like Nate Lamar has done a really good job of keeping the council. You know, people c- complain or or, or uh, comment about uh, not 
being heard, everything that Nate gets, he forwards on. Everybody gets it. If he got a letter about something, everybody on the council gets a letter about it. He's been very good about making sure that as president of the council, the council's being informed. And I work really hard at trying to stay informed on the topics and find out better information. I can't, I don't have the privilege of being a businessman that can set my own hours and go to all the meetings that are possibly going on. But I try really hard to set up little mini meetings with people and find out what happened at that meeting, keep up to date, get emails, get information about those events that are going on so that I am as well prepared as I possibly can be. I'll say another thing that the council's done in my view that I think is very impressive is whenever your board appointments have come about, um, those have been advertised and, and public input much been better uh, than much it better than the commissioners was. had yeah. done it where, you know, the council does a great job of saying, Hey, these three spots are up. If you're interested, send a letter. And they very well may end up reappointing the same person, but it's a very public and open process. And I think that's been a great Oh, everybody knows who votes for who Yeah, during those appointments. Yes. All right. So we've yeah. got, got through that a, portion. This is a big one that, that, we've, that you touched on earlier, Robin. We'll start with you since you started on it a little bit earlier. But the jail. We all know that, uh, that our jail has been a big issue starting this uh, election. Um, we hadn't heard too much about it like in the public. Like you didn't see it all over Facebook like you do now uh, before this election cycle. So uh, I guess what we, we, what we need to know is that you're on the council now and you saw this, this study that came through. Um, do you believe that we need to build a new jail? And if so, how can, we, how can our county prepare to try to pay for it? We're going to have to do something with the current facility we have. We can't continue to band-aid it the way it has been band-aided in the past. I don't know if that what that 100% looks like. I don't know if it's totally a new facility, if it is a addition to the current facility for possibly using portion of it for inmates and maybe another portion of it for rehabilitation and education and uh, certifications or things like that that possibly can be going on, counseling that can be going on. So I don't know what the picture of the new jail correctional facility looks like. Uh, I think it has to look like something different than it does now. That might mean, though, that we're reusing portions of what we currently have. Some of the funding for that is... I am not in favor of just jumping into taxes. Yes, that's been recommended to the council by our uh, fiscal. Um, by Umba, the group that. Yes. Consultant. I mean, our it was, consultants. It was, and I'm not necessarily for jumping to the easy, quick, oh, well, that'll fix it and we can, we can go on. We do have some bonds that are coming up mature in um, the end of 2021. We'll have some bonds coming up mature. At the end of 2024, we have the Justice Center bonds that are all coming up mm-hmm. to mature. Uh, yes, those are taxes. Those are tax monies that are paying those bonds, but that would be not raising a tax. It's not, it's a, not new a new revenue It's not line. something yeah. new. Right. Yes. So like what, what, that what we the... could look at rolling some of that over to pay for some of the facilities. There are a few um, state grant monies that are kind of being toyed with a little bit in some other areas of the state that um, 
seeing how that plays out. We might be able to qualify for some state money as well. I think we need to look for not only state money for correctional facility, but what other kinds of grants can we find that might have uh, something to do with uh, drug rehabilitation, Hmm. those types of things, or um, home detention is there something that we can do with home detention that we can maybe find some grant money that could um, assist us in a portion of that the facility? So decreasing the actual jail population. Yes, uh, I don't it, think we need a 200 to 300 bed. I right. think a, lo- a large percentage of those people are people who, yes, they've... they've they're nonviolent offenders. When you join, Correct. When you joined the council, what was the headcount in the jail? Because at that time, it had to be well under capacity, right? Probably 80s. Yeah. 70s, 80s. And at one point in time, you know, we had the um, building across the street that was housing a lot of um, uh, work release. We called it the work release center because it was a work release center. Somehow, work release has disappeared. We don't have, and part of the problem is because we have all these beds that are full of inmates, but those people aren't. Um, yeah, we had we had actually had a conversation that we recorded with Sheriff McCorkle about uh, the work release program and what the work that he's doing to try to get that back for the county. Uh, there's a lot of red tape that's set forward by the mm-hmm. Department of Corrections that, that he has to kind of jump through. And I forget what he had said was the reason that it it had to stop. Do you remember? Uh, well, at the time, it was the cost cutting that they had to do three, four years ago right. before, there before was the something else. Though I can't remember. But there there's a there's cost. a large population of those um, offenders that are not dangerous offenders that were doing kind of it's kind of a double uh, sided sword with them. We're pulling them out of their job that they have. So that they can fulfill their um, responsibility to the community by um, their, you know, doing their sentence. But then we pulled them out of their job, and now, oh, six months later, you're free. You can go. They're jobless because they were jobless for six months. They may now be homeless. If they're not homeless, they're way behind on bills and in in shape of bankruptcy. And that's a real disservice for some of these people that maybe, you know, we could get more of the home detention started back up, get some counseling services and those types of things that can maybe help with the problems that um, got them there in the first place. I've been, and Chad's been coming to these meetings as well. Hope Initiative is really working on looking at our drug uh, problems here in Henry County and what are some avenues that we can uh, used to to fix that and who can we partner with we need to be partnering with other people uh faith our faith community uh our schools to make sure people are getting educated appropriately so they don't fall into that trap all right so let's 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 pivot over to chad for a minute on the the jail issue and break it down for us in, in your eyes well it i don't think anyone could take a tour of the jail and feel like it's an appropriate facility for us to continue with. I think, you know, when that facility was built, it was virtually outdated the day it was opened. It was originally open for upper sixties and our current population is running around 220, counting both buildings. So it's, 
it's well beyond, it seems. It probably was even overcrowded at the time Robin was talking about, but just a few people, not hundreds of people. Just on a few days. Yes. Not so every day. It was, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a must-do. I, I think we have to be realistic in what we're looking at. We have to understand, and that's where I you know, think we have to understand where we're at as a community, where we're at with budgeting. I know that it's been mentioned, the Justice Center 2024 uh, bond. I've talked to several people that are very involved with the Sheriff's Department or on the Sheriff's Department. They're just, they don't think it will last that long. They do not believe six years is long enough for them to, to wait on that bond to get started. Because you have to realize it's, it's at least a three-year process. The county started originally wanting to start this process in 2012, six years ago. And it's, we're still, we're not at square one, we're at square two. I mean, on a <laughs> government's never from a node for speed or yes. efficiency, Chad. No, not at, well. In this case, it's very well proven, and that's the thing. This jail has been, like I say, overcrowded and under or uh, overcrowded and not of use since the day it was open. But we've needed to do something for a decade now, and I think we've got to address it quickly. We had an unfortunate incident where an inmate was killed. Um, we are in the middle of a federal lawsuit. Um, we, there are Vigo County, I believe you mentioned last night on the show is, is in a similar type scenario. And the judge is the federal judge could come down and probably will come down and give the County an ultimatum. And we have and the same judge. We have the exact same judge yeah. on our case. And in that case, it could cost this County nearly a million dollars to ship inmates out of this county the closest facility from my understanding from the sheriff's department that will take a prisoner to us is two and a half hours away we're going to pay 50 plus dollars a day if it, com- if it comes down to it i wonder if geo you know we have we have a, a state facility that's three miles north of us i asked that same question I, I about a month if, ago if the newcastle Oh, did you, state did prison facilities got the did you get no any response yet. well yeah. i think there's some confusion as to the legalities of it all because right. we're dealing with county versus county state versus facility. state. We're, we're, there's a lot of issues in that aspect. Well, if and, the and, regional and, jail facility thing goes through, then maybe that would be well an option. I mean, I we almost, have two that are very, very close. To, we have two state facilities that are very close to us, uh-huh. the one in Pendleton and one right in our backyard in Henry County. Um, I don't know. I, it, the Delaware County is building an enormous facility. And, yeah, and I wonder I mean, they're if they're paying they, heavily for they it. They are, but here's the <laughs> thing. Delaware County, we don't know what's going to happen, though. The, 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 some of the candidates that are running in their race, the, are their county actually, level, are trying to back out of the contracts they have and stop right. that project. So, Yeah, it, it, it could get interesting, but if we were able to figure out a county such as that to partner with and share the burden of the cost, Delaware County is... 30 Han- minutes away. It's on Hancock the south County, side. Hancock County just defeated a $55 million bond because they have the same problem. And I, I've right. said since the beginning of this conversation, we started having it about a year ago when I started looking at this race and, and we started this candidate series the first time. This is really an issue that every county is trying to solve. And if every county is trying to solve the same problem, then obviously Henry County has some of its own unique issues in the jail over here. But every right. county is trying to solve the same exact right. issue. And it's a problem that the state has helped us get, you know, when they decided to send back all the class C 
class. They call six, them level six. Six level six, level six felons. It multiplied our population probably in half. Enormously. Now we yes. have people that are serving actual sentences. Like right now, we're a prison. We're not a jail. And right. a jail, in my thought and process, term. should be a year or less or <laughs> awaiting sentencing. Once you're sentenced, if you're if it's more than six months in some community service, I think you should be in a prison, right? Not yeah. a jail. I think that we would all be in agreement, yeah, in agreement with that. Let's move on from the jail um, here and let's talk about uh, Memorial Park. And it's been a it's kind of the things that have been going on in Memorial Park have been a big deal uh, in this election in the county. You've made them a big deal, Dakota. Your oh, yeah. platform alone has <laughs> made them. Me. It's blown yeah. it up. <laughs> Yeah, Chase is the one that suggested uh, uh, taking the Doughboy down and replacing it with a statue of Elvis or something. <laughs> I think Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Uh, bon Jovi, that's what it was. But uh, Chase yeah. will never win an election to this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it was Steve Alford, he'd have a puncher's chance, but not with many, Bon Jovi. We have too many video clips. Once. I think he did throw Steve Alford out there. Uh, he did, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think he did. So uh, going off of that, we've got we've got that uh, controversy going on. We have – there's – Henry County Memorial Park is a great asset to us, um, as well as what the future of the Expo Center. So I'm interested on the thoughts that you guys have on that. Uh, Chad, since you were on the board, we'll start with you with this question. As you said, the park, you know, I traveled. I traveled all around the Midwest and the Great Lakes, and we have one of the best parks I've ever seen. And even in a community our size, it's shocking that we're blessed with a facility like that. So it it's something we got to make sure we ensure for my daughter, my grandchildren and beyond because it's it is a it is an asset to this county and it's something that we need to keep. Um as far as the issues with the um the money, like I said, the the budget that they're currently operating on is not much different than the budget it from multiple that. decades ago. Yeah. Now They've done, a, they've done the park board and the county and everyone has done a really good job of figuring things out. We have a lot of grounds and a lot of areas that I think we could lease differently, um, such as the fields, uh, like the soccer fields, the um, baseball diamonds and things like that, that we could actually lease to the schools. The schools do pay a small amount of money to us. Um, I think we also need to get and I've worked with the state legislatures. I've, uh, the, our legislators uh, mentioned it to them. They have a formula they use for figuring parks and the amount of money that we can budget with the state board of accounts. The problem is, is I don't think their formula is the greatest because a county our size versus it doesn't, it doesn't reflect a three hundred acre parks needs versus right, a that's, smaller. That's similar yeah. to some of our small yeah. uh, state parks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And so that, I think, needs to be addressed, and we need to work from that angle to make that understanding because raising the park's budget, if we could get the state to bump the park's budget by 10%, it would make an immense amount of difference there. I think I do uh, think that the council and the county and the food and beverage money, and I think everyone is trying to do their best with the park. Um, I think that's what everyone intended to do with the doughboy um. situation and you know that kind of went awry there was uh, 58 minutes in and somebody said doughboy i did <laughs> i brought well it's written on my sheet so um i was jeremiah and i both were on the park board at the time that came up when it first came up we went months of meetings and conversations and talks and they were 
advertised all over the place and everybody loved the idea of getting him fixed and then moving him to a more accessible location. The then there was a some disagreement with that. Yeah, I went and, and videoed some of those meetings. And yeah, it got took some pictures. Got rather heated. <laughs> and the thing that transpired is unfortunately the park board without us really knowing when we when we Gave him, we saved him. The county saved him from being destroyed. Him being the the statue, the monument. The monument from going just just rotting away by what, by taking him and restoring him. Now he must meet all ADA compliance. And and so, and I was on the board at that time. I was actually the president at the time. And I spoke with folks from IU. I spoke with people from Washington, D.C., that deal with national monuments and everything. And unfortunately we had to make that happen. And in talking to the state highway departments, the, our county engineer, and to try to make that happen in its current location would have been astronomical. I mean, six figures plus. So uh, I think, I think there could have been other solutions. And even when I was on the board, I offered other solutions. I I talked about, I offered, I said, well, let's consider the one world monument down there. It's already virtually ADA compliant would take very little change. It's still on three. Unfortunately, the folks that were involved at that time did not like that idea. So in your opinion with the Doughboy, if you know, there's been a lot of public outcry about the moving of him. Um, do you think that that is a a place for the the council to try to step in and allocate funds to make another monument? I don't, because you're talking to make the monument, put it back where it was, and spend the money. You're talking not just thousands; you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. The okay. person who currently holds the the uh, the mold, because the mold is still in existence for that right, for monument, Vineski. Is that how you pronounce it, Vineski? I think so. Yeah. I believe the figure we got, because at the time we had to insure him to travel to uh, Michigan, Mm -hmm. the insurance at the time was $150,000 to have that statue recommissioned. Just for the insurance? That was the insurance. That was the insurance value, not the cost of the insurance. Oh, oh, that was the value. If if something were to have happened to him, we had the uh, the ins- the county's insurance agency had to put a rider policy on to move that doughboy to Michigan and back and valued it at a hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow. to have that recommissioned. That's crazy. And like I said, putting him back in that spot, you could look at a six figure fee just to put just in because I met compliant. with the ADA compliance officers. I met with our county inspectors and you know, it's the inch for every 12 inches of drop. And you, so you would, you would just have a lot of zigzagging sidewalks throughout the state or throughout the park. What I do, I, I, what I do like about the new location is that monument is amazing. And I believe that it was meant to be seen up close. If not, the sculptor would not have given the amazing detail. The, there's, you can see the nails in the soles of his boots. Right. You can see every tooth in his mouth. You can see an anguishing look on his face. And I believe it was made to be seen up close. And I believe there is an entire generation or two of county residents that most never even seen it barely knew it existed and now it brings this treasure that there are only a few of these things left in the world 
that we are lucky enough to have up front and center, and people will be able to go right up to it and enjoy it. I've always right. said that about Spencer County, Owen, uh, uh, Owen County, uh, Spencer, Indiana, in Owen, Owen County. County yeah. It's on the courthouse lawn. If you go yes. down there and you, mm-hmm. you, you pull up, and the, you're, you're 10 feet away from it, and you got it up close. Uh, Robin, tell us your thoughts on the park. and, and you know, You've watched the story develop, I, I guess, from the council side, but um, your view on how the park's been funded and the time you've been there and what you see as the future of the park. And you know, in that time, we've, you know, the golf course has been sold. We've had you know, the non-for-profits have come and gone and changed. Mm-hmm. The direction well, of the park. The county does put in county dollars into the park. It's not only ran by the tax that we pay in our taxes. The county puts in just shy of $300,000 of um, co-ed money, which is uh, county option in- income tax. So if you are w- working here, you're, you're, part of your income tax is helping to maintain the park. The um, park board in the last several years, I think, has started to, again, change its mindset and look toward a future and not where we've been. And that's a positive thing that's that's trying to happen with with the park of let's do some new things. Let's do some things that we aren't doing at the park, possibly renting out some space. Yes, the school used to help play with the soccer fields, but the high school soccer team plays on the football field now, so they're not getting those dollars. But um, what are some other, you know, events and things? I remember as a child, Civil War reenactments going on at Memorial Park all the time. Really? Oh, yes, at least one or two every summer. And that would bring in hundreds of people who would come and they would you know do the reenactment that brought well, I in I demand we bring that back. Well, there's uh, see we have rules against everything. It's it's the fires. They don't they won't come back because we don't have fires on the ground or whatever. That's But the, the... you know, those types of events that could come back. There's lots of, you know, different counties that are doing new and inventive things. Carmel is doing their uh Christmas uh the German Christmas thing down downtown. That's a whole new th- new thought process, and those are things that we need to look at as a community. I will agree with Chad as far as uh, the Doughboy goes. It's a hot topic, and it's been a hot topic, and it's hurt lots of people's feelings. And when we first started talking about possibly moving the Doughboy, you know, the, the main focus was not on moving the Doughboy. The main focus was restoring it. Wind, wind farms are like the third rail of Henry County politics, but I think the Doughboy is the fourth. <laughs> but it, it's a really Politically hot topic. radioactive. But some things that people don't know about the Doughboy is its previous location on the hill had significance because across the street was the rail line. Was the rail line that people put their boys on the train to send them off to war? Their sons, their husbands, their grandfathers. Uncles, that's where they left, and that's where they came home. And people don't always necessarily realize that. And as our society has changed, ADA uh, compliances are one of the things that we have to think about today. Nobody thought about that before. State Road 3 was just a little two-lane road that, oh, I'm going to stop at the park. I pull off the side of the road, park my car, and walk across the street to the park. We can't do that in today's world. Mm-hmm. You know, the state of Indiana is not going to let us even put another turn into the park off of State Road 3. 
those are great ideas, but they don't exist anymore and they can't by the way standards are. And Chad's right. I asked lots of questions and I thought about the One World Monument and maybe putting the Doughboy just a little bit farther away because it's already uh, fairly close to being uh, accessible by all measurements. And um, because I thought that could be a a reasonable compromise. Mm -hmm. But to put him back where he belongs, according to where he was placed originally, he wouldn't be in the woods anymore. He'd be on a concrete... He would have to be to be ADA he would have compliant. to be correct he would have yeah. to be and you know the monument itself would be, would have had to have been changed and the placement of the monument would have had to have been changed either way there's no way that you could have made it ADA compliant and it still um, be original to the artist's drawings no how about some of the other projects that are going on in the park though the you know the saddle clubs attempting I think it or is working on a 25 year lease the the expo center is coming in and you've you had the funding that went towards that from the county bond a couple of years ago right i i think you know the expo center if all goes according to plans can be a wonderful thing for our community it can be an avenue to bring more income in the saddle club brings hundreds of thousands of dollars into our community every year by hosting events and those people are here overnight. They go to our restaurants. Maybe they don't go to the restaurant, but they stop at Kroger's because they have their trailer with them, and they get some supplies. They buy gasoline here. Uh, those types of things bring in revenue. The Expo Center, if it, it, if it uh, comes to fruition the way that it is intended, uh, has the opportunity to bring in some larger events that could be hosted maybe jointly even with the Saddle Club. And uh, could be a really good uh, avenue for uh, the county to uh, utilize the park in more and different ways. Anything else on the park for you, Chad? Or are you good? No, I, I mean, we've covered, <laughs> Robin and I are going to be very similar. We right. we were involved in that joint meeting with the Expo Center. We and, both and, made the I made the motion on the park board. She made the motion on the council side to give them that funds from the the county to help get them started. So I think it could be great. And, and the sad thing is, Saddle you know, is awesome, so. those meetings, there were several meetings. People think, you know, oh, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. It happened over a course of about a year and a half. No matter no matter what meetings you set up and what happens, there's always going to be somebody on the back end that says, I had no idea. Right. Well, see, and you it, guys it, just it, need it, to attend them all. Broadcast <laughs> them all. It's the absolutely. Uh, well, yeah. Our ratings are huge, and it's yeah. It would, we would solve all the problems. But it's, no matter what the issue is, and you've learned this in your time in county government, and I've seen it as an observer, and now that I've gotten involved, you know, you will be involved in a process, and you'll go down a path, and then I, it's like clockwork. As soon as you've announced something, somebody somebody comes along that's mad and didn't know, wasn't plugged in. Um, all right, so this is, I don't think this one will take a, a real long time, but the, the county roads, everybody, if you're on for office, I want to know about the roads. The roads are junk. The roads are crap. The roads need fixed. How are you going to fix my roads, Robin? Okay. Well, the county did uh, implement wheel tax, and wheel tax, between the wheel tax and the surtax that we implemented, brings in about $2 million more than we were getting before. And that all that money does go specifically on roads. It doesn't pay for equipment. It doesn't pay for people. It pays for bituminous. We Ma- have materials. not. Correct. It does not 
We keep, keep doing this dance. Robin slides away. I slide the hey. mic over. I'm running out of table. <laughs> it. Um, we have not decreased the highway budget, and so the highway budget is. We have decreased the highway budget, but not in the amount of dollars that we put on the road. And then the wheel tax is additional dollars that we put on the road. One of the uh, things that because of the wheel tax and the increase in revenue that we had in, we were fortunate enough three years ago when the state offered the uh, community crossing grant that we had money in those funds that we could, you know, pony up a million dollar match. So we got a million dollars. So we had two million dollars. The county was in a position to do that. The city of Newcastle was not and didn't get that match because right. they didn't have the but money. But the county was. Yeah. And because of that, we had two million dollars to put on roads. We were fortunate that we got seven hundred and fifty thousand last year. And Joe Wiley is very on top of it. He had everything in the works and ready for us to apply this year. We haven't heard yet on what those funds are going to look like and if we get it or not. But I feel very strongly that we probably will get a good portion of that money. One other thing that has changed in county government uh, with our current commissioners that we have is when I joined the county council many moons ago, you know, we have three county uh, commissioners. We have one in the northern, one in the central, and one in the southern. And county dollars for the roads was equally distributed throughout those districts, one-third to the north, one-third to the middle, one-third to the south. The commissioners that we have currently have been being more respectful of what roads need to be taken care of, what are priority roads, what are high-traffic roads, not, oh, well, I've got another $20,000 in my district. I want to do this little half a mile in the middle of nowhere. And they've been a lot better about prioritizing. They have a five-year plan and they put roads on a five year, on a, on a list, a five-year plan. Now a road might be fourth on that five-year plan right now. And it might move up to number one or it might move back to number eight because something else came up that was more a higher priority. Absolutely. I'm going to repeat a lot of what Robin said, so for time constraint, I'll skip it. But I think that county depart- the county highway department is doing a phenomenal job with what they've got. We've got 802 miles of county roads, which is a lot for a county with a population of 47,000 yeah. people. So it's unfortunate that we can't spend the money to go and do it all at once. But it costs a lot more than people think to pave a road. I mean, you're I think $80,000 a mile, $80,000 a mile. Do the math real quick. It's a lot of money. That's just for money. asphalt. That so, doesn't buy any bridges. That, that doesn't yeah. buy anything other than just that paving. doesn't buy built rebuilding. Around. That doesn't, that's just, so, that's your asphalt. That's not crowning. That's not grading. That's not drainage. If we that's, went back to horse and buggy, we wouldn't have this problem. There you we go. could just make it all mud. Then we'd have, we'd still have a wheel. Time. I'm just saying <laughs> maybe the Amish have it right. All right. But no, I think what I do want to say is that I think it'd be hard for many people to argue that the roads aren't getting better over the last couple of years than they have been. Yeah. And if we can continue to the growth and the, the, the area we're going in, the way we're doing it with the plan, 
I think we're only going to see it continue to get better, but I promise it's never going to be perfect. It's an era right. that's trending better, but three years ago we couldn't say that. Yes. Correct. Right. Would be would be derelict in our duties if we didn't get into this next one, because it yeah, would be tone deaf. This is our third rail, right, according fourth. to Jeremiah. Fourth. No, no, this the, the, the third, is the fourth. Third, fourth. Third, fourth. Yeah, what, okay. uh, we want to know your opinions on wind energy and uh, specifically abatements because that is the role that the council would play. Um, we'll just start with you, Chad. I, Since I've been involved, I've done a lot of looking on wind. There's a lot of information. Um, there's a lot of different aspects to it. Um, I personally have always been against the wind. When when the council voted for the apex abatement um, a few years ago, I made my public comment at that meeting that I thought it was the wrong move. When Robin and the rest of the council voted to approve, I said it's, it was wrong. We should not be giving them the abatement. We should not be approving them because it doesn't even meet the state standard to approve it. It brings no full-time jobs, even looking beyond the health issues the intrusion issues on your neighbors and all those things just it doesn't meet the basic requirement from the state and i had a long conversation with Corey about it so my stance has not changed Corey I, being Corey murphy, Corey murphy the yes, economic sir. development yeah so we have, listen, we have an international audience okay I they don't all know Sorry. who Corey is we love Corey, but we got to define <laughs> we do these love things Corey, but uh, i've always had that stance i and my mind has not changed i think it's uh I just don't think it's the we, – we are way too overpopulated to start with looking at this avenue. Well, if, if we keep driving young people away, we won't be as populated. Well, we are, we are right, going yeah. through a population yeah. decline, yeah. so maybe in a couple decades we could be – I hope we might not. not even I pray need, not. We might not even need a jail That's, if it keeps going the way it is. It doesn't seem like a great solution, but it's a, it's a solution. Tell us how the wind blows. <laughs> the wind blows, and it really does blow. Um I will have to say that, you know, Chad is right. I absolutely did vote for wind abatement five, seven years ago. And at the time, with the knowledge that I had, I thought that maybe this was a good thing. No, it didn't bring a lot of jobs to the community, but it had the potential of possibly bringing some revenue to the county. As wind has become a hot topic, I have been given countless articles to read, have looked, have looked up things on my own, trying to find out more uh, information about wind and some of the health risks and uh, some of those things. But, uh, and as of right now, I will absolutely say, yes, I was wrong. I voted wrong when I voted for wind. I have since voted against wind. Um, I disagreed with the... Um, the current WEX policy that we have, I voted against it at, um, well, I voted not to allow it to go on to the commissioners without a recommendation. My recommendation would have been no. No, You're currently serving on the planning commission. I am currently serving as the council's member to the planning commission. And some of the things that really made sense was the intrusion on other people's properties, you know, that it can be 1,500 feet to your foundation, not just that it might be a little bit over your property line, no, all the way to your house. Uh, That kind of limits what you can do on your own property, and I have a problem with that. And um, to watch different people who were very pro-wind initially uh, in the Shenandoah area that 
had nothing against wind. They thought it was a great idea when Shenandoah put their windmill up. And to hear them talk about the problems that they have had since the, the windmill was placed speaks volumes to me. It's not just, you know, I'm back to my nursing uh, background. It's not just, well, so-and-so says. No, there's documented evidence of health issues and problems with insomnia and problems with shadow flicker and problems with uh, infertility and uh, so do you guys think that this is a I'm just do you guys think this is an issue right now with all the four mile ordinances that have been popping up and if it, because uh, according to one source that we saw it was like 90 percent of the lease of the leased uh, land for wind had been put in these four mile buffer zones it's like it is it I am even not going to make right the mistake now? and say wind is dead because I think Calpine absolutely sh- still has an interest in Henry County, and they've shown that with uh, some of their attorneys' uh, interests into some of the things that have been going on. And so I won't say that wind is dead. I think the uh, four mile radius helps to discourage space, it decreases space that they can move into. But if Newcastle doesn't follow suit and do the four miles, then, you know, they could be right in our backyard in in town. Uh, There's still plenty of places that maybe not hundreds can be put in, but there still could be some put in. And if Calpine really wants to be in Henry County, they'll find a way to obscurely place um, turbines to their benefit. All All right. right. So no two abatements. All right. Uh, all right. Chad. This this feels like marriage therapy, this next yeah. part. <laughs> I, I don't no, know anything about it yet, but I'm sure this deep, is what it would be buddy. like. I've seen it in the movies. Yeah. Uh, talking to your opponents and talking about your opponents, I, I want you to tell me one I thing. I have one. I don't have opponents. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just one opponent. Is there another one? Well, this is, you're the only race that we've had on that Sorry. has been a three-way, a three-way deal. <laughs> I true. thought maybe they added one to us, Robin. I'm just making sure. <laughs> you're running against the empty chair, okay? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Just like a couple other races have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what what is something about that, about Robin, the way that she's run the race or the way that she has handled herself on the current council that you admire? Well, I think Robin and I met and spoke very early. Actually, it was after one of the HOPE epidemic, drug, opioid, opioid and alcohol epidemic meetings that we talked at length about it. And, and we both said that, we were going to run our race on us and not on each on the other person. We've tried to, and I think we've done a very good job of that. I mean, when you look at some of these nasty races on the national level, and it's just, it's horrible. I, I mean, we lots of us in this room have been door knocking lately, all of us, I guess. And I'm sure there's people we've run into who don't even want to talk to us because they're so sick of these ads on TV and things like that. And I think we've Robin has done a great job of keeping it focused on her and she's ran a very good race. She's worked hard. I know she's out there pounding the pavement just like I am. And I think we've both done that. But as far as Robin, would, all, I've thought a number of times it'd be easier if you took half of his stuff and you took half of hers, and then you could just split the district up and, and get to each other's houses. Yeah, it could be easier that way. But no. And, and I have to commend Robin. She has a very noble uh, career and, a, a, you know, she sees people at their happiest days and unfortunately, some at their worst days. 
and she, I can't imagine the roller coaster that she has to ride on a daily basis. My brother is a surgical nurse, and I know that I get, I get very little, very little of his smiles, but he certainly has told me some of his woes when he has those problems. And and it's so, I think you know, as a person, she has a very noble career and should be very respected for what she does for people. All right, what about you, Robin? Well. It's- Chad Except is- about Chad, not about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you why I'm great. <laughs> That's probably harder, actually. <laughs> Chad, ha- Chad has ran a positive race and uh, campaign. Chad is bus- has a business mindset. I'll pull <laughs> up pick closer. On Robin. Okay, Chad does have a, he has a business mindset. He has been attending meetings. He's been actively involved in the community. He has a good. Uh, he has a better understanding of county council than a lot of people that are not on the county council or do business with the county council on a regular basis. And um, for that, you know, he he's very well prepared. He's um, he's family oriented. His family is important to him. Um, you know, I, I Chad mentioned earlier we probably have a lot more in common than we don't. And, um, you know, those are some of the attributes that I find very uh, positive in Chad. All right. And then if you look at the whole council or, or other elected officials in, in general, uh, somebody you look up to or a role model, somebody you really appreciate. Jake Bauslog. I don't know who else I could. Um, you can't say enough positive things about Dick Bauslog. He has the um, spirit of servanthood. Absolutely. He was raised in politics. His dad was mayor. He was raised there. He understands. But he has served. He served not only in the council, but he served in the schools. He was an educator. He was a principal. He continues to uh, teach and mentor. Um, He doesn't see uh, sides. He sees holes and holes with a W-H-O-L-E. He wants what's best for our community, has always uh, had a sparkling um, attitude when it comes to our community. He is, um, you know, he has huge family values, and it shines through in who he is and uh, what he's done for our community. Big shoes to fill in that race. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Chad? Well, I admire a lot of our county officials. Um, But I tell you one thing, in researching and looking into this jail, I have to give a lot of credit to Rick McCorkle. He has done an amazing job um, with, I've made the comment, him and his COs and his deputies have taken a Band-Aid and put it on a gaping wound and somehow managed to survive. It's They've done an amazing job of taking what they've got with their department, the lack of funds that they have that for some very needed equipment, the jail situation, the overcrowding, the getting creative and opening back up the work release center as a secondary detention center to help curb some of that 
And I'm hoping, and I feel like it will help us when this federal judge looks at all that, that they see we're trying to correct the issue. And I think he has been the person that's led that charge. So I have a lot of respect for Rick, and I've really gotten to see what he's actually done that people don't see from that side of the sheriff. He's not the guy that slaps handcuffs on you and arrests you. He he really does care about this community. He cares about Absolutely. the people of this community, and uh, he's there to help you. He's not there to arrest you. And so I think that I have a lot of respect for him, Major Jay Davis, and the entire department, Tina. Tina does a great job in the jail uh, and keeping everything under control there and her COs there. So it's a, it, I really just have a lot of respect for Rick and his old department. All right. We are at uh, final thoughts. So that is where we're going to, you guys can plug yourselves where people can find more information about you. If you're trying to find workers for this last weekend before the election to help you uh, canvas your neighborhoods and you can give out some information for that. Uh, We'll start with you, Robin. Final thoughts. I really hadn't thought about these. (laughs) Um, I have enjoyed working for the county council. I feel like I've worked really hard over the last several years that I have been on the county council. I have great knowledge about what's going on with our budget. Uh, From that experience, I have an idea of the problems that we have that we're facing, and I feel like my time's not up yet. Four more years. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I don't feel like I don't feel like the time my time is up yet that I can be a um, active um, participant that is um, you know being a quality uh, member of the council. I won't be working a whole lot on campaigning over this weekend because I'm working the next three days. So, but I will be putting some things on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Robin Reed on Fleming for Council. And if anyone needs any um, transportation issues on Tuesday to go to the polls to vote, I know for some people in my district, there is not a vote center on the north or the east side of town. The closest thing is going to be the uh, Arts Park. Arts Park or Grace Baptist, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And those aren't very north or east. I mean, they're east, (laughs) but they're not north. And that can be a problem for some people. And I'd be happy to arrange transportation or come and get them myself. A, if you are haven't voted yet and you want to pre-vote, you can still go to Ivy Tech. It's open tomorrow from 2 to 7. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they're open until 7 tonight. Uh, yes. Past that now, they but. were up until 7. I took my mama there today to, so that she could vote. And um, the courthouse will be open until noon on Monday for pre-voting. So if you've got problems with Tuesday voting, people get out and vote early. It is our responsibility. It is a gift that we have in the United States that many, many countries would love to have that opportunity. And we sometimes are very... Um, Lackadaisical. Absolutely. And don't take it upon ourselves to fulfill our responsibility. I want everybody to get out and vote. So far this year, the voter turnout has been good. And I'm glad to hear that. But... Um, Everybody needs to get out and vote. All right. Yeah. Chad. Okay. I, uh, I'm i on Facebook, too. That's probably the easiest way to find me. It's Chad Chad Malicote for council. Um, Very and, original. Yeah. I, I, I thought long <laughs> and hard about that one. Uh-huh. Um, and unfortunately, I'm pretty busy this weekend with a – we had a dear family friend who passed, so we'll be spending the most of the day on Saturday at a funeral. But I am doing some more walking on Sunday. 
And uh, so if anybody would like to help, please reach out there. My cell phone number is all over the place. You can Google search me and it pops up. So please call me anytime. Questions, thoughts, concerns, what have you. As far as plugging myself, uh, like Robin said, I've been involved for many years. So going into it, I think I have, I'm the new guy, but I think I have a very good understanding of the process. And that, but I think there are some things that we could do to change that process. And that's why I'm a firm believer in term limits. I told Robin, that's my biggest concern with her. She's been there 24 years and that's a long time and it's easy to get comfortable in that time frame. So I, I think, I think the last poll I read, the Rasmussen poll was what 74, 75% of the America believes in term. We should issue term limits. I think on all levels of government, we could see some changes if we did. So, but now that's, that's me. I bring the business sense. Like Robin said, that's what I think my attribute to bring to the council is, is I like to use, it's a great little phrase. I've signed both sides of a check, but there's a lot to that. I know what it's like to cash a check and put it in my bank, but I also know what it's like to have to pay my employees, figure out how to pay the light bill and do all that stuff too. And I think that's where I can really bring that knowledge to the council and help the council take the foundation we have and grow from it. Awesome. Right. Dakota, final thoughts on your side. All right, my final thoughts. Uh, next week, we are going to be doing an, an election recap show. Uh, that is going to be me, you, obviously. Oh, yes. Every week. I promise to show up. <laughs> and then we will be having a co-host Cade Coger and co-host Chase Payton. We're all going to be sitting around the table and talking about the election, uh, what the, what it was like leading up to the election, uh, how the public perception of all the candidates were, and uh, recapping who's going to who was elected. So, can, can I interject to get? Are you coming to the GOP party? We are going to have a GOP Man, election listen, night party right at here. Primo. <laughs> so if everyone's invited at Primo, at Primo, that's that Republican money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it was it was sponsored. Democrats by are doing me. hot dogs I, and chili. I, I remember, I remember the the in the spring we looked at the financial reports for the parties, and that the the Democrats had about one hundred and ten dollars, the Libertarians had about sixty dollars, and then the Republicans had twenty grand in the bank. So <laughs> we did spend we did spend quite a bit of that. That's why they're at building. Primo, and we're here at our headquarters we having, got, having leftovers. We right. got our numbers uh, bumped real. Uh, up real high. I was re- really proud of it, but unfortunately, you're not going to see it in the report this time because we uh, got a headquarters now. So raised and spent. <laughs> That's yes. right. right. We yeah, but the Libertarian Party of Henry County is also having an election night party, and it is here at uh, 1102 Race Street in Newcastle, Indiana, at the Libertarian Party of Henry County headquarters. We're going to have some finger foods and a great time. I uh, want to remind everybody here that uh, today's show was brought to you by Big Bounce Inflatables of Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, you can rent all your inflatables there. They're, they have almost 200 inflatable rentals. That's huge. And uh, to book your reservation, you can go to bigbouncefund.com or 765-325-JUMP. All right, awesome. Uh, final thoughts for me real quick here. Uh these candidates that you've seen come through here, they are all working very hard for your vote. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it, I, we all apply for the jobs. Obviously, I'm a candidate myself as well for one of the other council races. We apply for the job, and you guys decide. Uh, so it's an interview. That's why we're trying to have these long-form discussions where everybody gets to say what they want. Uh, nobody gets cut off. Nobody gets shorted. You get a full opportunity to explain yourself and your platform. Uh, really appreciate the support of the audience that, uh, that has uh, – it paid us back for the for this and and the clicks and the listens and the watches and the shares all mean a lot. 
uh, when you email us and tell us you appreciate it or tell us it was a great show. It, it keeps us going and fires us up. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the personal life for Dakota and myself the last eight, six or eight weeks. Uh, it's been busy, uh, and it's definitely been a grind to do this, but the audience is, makes it very rewarding. So Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, but do the last step and actually go to the polls. Whether you early vote or you go on Tuesday, go to the polls, and uh, and and you've you've done your part now watching and learning about people, so make that happen. Uh, on my campaign side, uh, we are walking Saturday and Sunday. Jeremiah Morrill, candidate, uh, or the, that political page. We've got a couple events, so Saturday and Sunday we're going to do some more door-to-door uh, you can sign up, join in with that, and then if uh, if you can't make that, come hang out with one of the three groups uh, on on Tuesday night, and maybe just check in on all three of them. They're they're all open doors, and and, and, and see see who's crying in their beers and who's celebrating, and that you'll have some fun either way. Um, but it's a you know it, it's a celebration night, no matter what. Uh, the campaigns are over, so no more Braun and Donnelly ads, and uh, it, it, that's that, that's good enough yes. for you guys right there. So uh, thanks to Robin and Chad and Dakota and. Uh, We'll see how it all shakes out next week, right? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Ready. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.